0: Welcome to Season 2 of the Revenue Marketing Report powered by CaliberMind. Our goal on the RMR is to help marketers move from subject matter experts to strategic business partners. I'm your host, Kamala Thompson, and today I'm thrilled to introduce Alejandra Sladopolsky. Welcome to the show and tell us a little bit about yourself. Thank you. It's great being
1: here. So I'm a communications marketing professional that has evolved into more of a business consultant. I've been specializing in marketing communications for financial services for many years. And after that, we launched Talto with a partner and we basically help companies scale from a marketing communications perspective.
0: So I would, I'm so excited to talk through this. So we're going to focus on the pieces that go into a go-to-market strategy. And one of the first things that sounds pretty fundamental, but it it really isn't, is whether or not you have a B2C or B2B or b 2 c to b approach. And a lot of companies are starting to find success with that individual license scaling to an enterprise. So what are the factors that you consider when you're deciding which go-to-market strategy you're going with?
1: Right. So that has been like, a conversation like for many years that i've had with different clients actually the other day i was in a strategy session with the ceo and the ceo that i've known for many years and since they launched actually their product we've had that conversation so should we go b2b should we go b2c and it's sort of it's all about the sales process more than the business and go to market so Let me go deeper into that. First of all, I think that to determine whether you should go
0: B2B or B2C,
1: you have to think about your product first.
0: And it's so funny because you think that would be so obvious. In the past, it was because we were selling like a piece of hardware to a company. And then that's like, well, no brainer, B2B. But now it's just kind of, it's a lot more complex now that we have software with licensing. Exactly. The technology
1: has made it so that you have that open conversation constantly with the companies, right? Because every single company is going, it's becoming mostly a technology company. So the scale is there. The scalability is there. You just have to decide who to go to first. Mm -hmm. Like You're always going to land on the consumer, right? And the consumer can be somebody that is using your product as part of their job or as part of their personal lives, but it's still the consumer, right? And then you have the strategy, um, always the conversations I have with CEOs is, do I go B2B and spend more time in the conversion process? Or do I go get more money and do campaigns that reach the B2C directly? Mm -hmm. that's always a conversation i've had and it's really like it's a different answer for each business um and also it's not always the case that b2c requires that much more money because in the long run time is money so there is a ton to consider in the middle but also first just start with the product first and see who you are you know the most value to are you adding the most value to the business or to the consumer and after that yes there are two most of my clients have two separate strategy yes you have the b2c strategy and then you have the b2b to c strategy always the case because there's always partnerships there are there's always a -a middleman that can help you expand your reach
0: and i feel like we're still at the point where some products are self-limiting and that the functionality outweighs the usability so that we have to take that B2B approach. But if if consumers can immediately see value and it's simple enough for them to use immediately, and do you see that playing a part in which direction they're choosing?
1: Yes. Also, for me, in my industry a lot, like in finance, what happens is that you have a lot of trust to gain. Yes. So when you need to bring trust, a lot of the times there is a need to have the B2B2C approach. Uh, for example, I've positioned wealth management products and going B2C is really, really more expensive because you have to build that trust directly with the client. And having that middleman like the financial advisor introduce the product is that much easier but then of course the financial advisor is bombarded with a ton of other products that they they want to push yeah Um, but i think that it really also depends like it depends on functionality but also depends on how hard or how easy the the purchase process or
0: the Mm. purchase
1: decision is
0: Mm -hmm. it makes a lot of sense yeah, there
1: are a lot of products that require you to really trust the brand and others that are just very low uh, low engagement products.
0: Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. And do you ever see company culture driving the go-to-market strategy? So let's say you have, maybe it's a sales manager that's kind of taking charge there or the goal, the end goal for the company. Do you see that taking place quite a bit?
1: Yeah, the the... <laughs> The play between the sales director and the marketing director is always there. Yeah. Uh, but the ones that work the the best, I think, is the ones that are actually collaborating and not competing. And I think that comes from the C-suite. If you have a C-suite that is not putting them to compete with the numbers, but to collaborate, I think that's the best scenario always. I've always said, when I was a marketing director, I, I've always said, I think of marketing as a sales enabler, yeah, as a sales support. But a lot of marketing professionals are like, I'm going to compete with the sales team and see how much I can make, how much I can convert on my own without the sales team, right? Yeah. And I think that doesn't work, I, especially with technology too. I, I think that you have to have a technology. The way of the future is technology with human touch. The 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 companies that work the best, the companies that actually grow the, um, consistently in the long run, are those that are able to to um, integrate the customer journey with both technology and human interactions. That's where it comes from.
0: Yeah, and what you're describing is simply removing friction and i think friction can exist between marketing and sales and then that perpetuates through the sales funnel like people indirectly maybe or even directly pick up on that the other thing i see causing a lot of misalignment and i want to see if you agree with this is misalignment on kpis so a lot of times marketing is solely focused on an early funnel metric and not necessarily the pipeline and revenue number have you seen that in the market completely i always
1: i'm i'm actually i'm not a good marketing person in that sense all my clients they will you know every single organization comes to you and says i need more leads and 90 percent of the time is you don't need leads you need to make sure you convert them right first so you may you need to make sure they're not falling through the cracks that they are actually getting your message that you are you know have a good onboarding process that you have a good follow-up process it's the whole rest of the journey that most often than not is failing
0: oh I, I-, I love it it's it's efficiency and customer experience combined i love exactly.
1: that yeah i always and with CEOs the best way to convince them is like, well, your lead is gonna be cheaper for mm-hmm. the funnel. So don't try to get new ones. See what you have already there down the funnel. I'm sure you have a ton that you haven't worked on and you haven't worked on your clients for sure.
0: Yeah. That's for sure. Yeah. Customer acquisition cost is the weight of your CEO's heart. So <laughs> I love that. That's that's great. <laughs> So it, to some of us, it may be obvious what where we think a product sits. It gets more difficult when you're developing the product and you're close to the product and you're you're in it. It tends to make everything else fuzzy. What are some things that companies can do to help them solidify their go-to-market plan? So
1: in terms of your product, I think the best exercise is to... Sit with four or five different types of buyers or that you prospective buyers that you think are gonna buy your product and not try to sell it, but just explain it and see how long it takes for them to get it.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: So for me it's like okay, sit down, you have buyer one, two, and three and one of them is going to get it in you know one minute the other one is going to take five to ten minutes to see a value and the other one is going to take you know whatever time
0: if you're lucky (laughs) (laughs) Right. so
1: compare that compare how fast they get they get to the oh moment that oh right that works for me Mm -hmm. and then go you know profile that guy so it's a combination of both and sometimes you know, well, if your product is not um, if you're taking more than three minutes and nobody understood it, then, yeah, go back to a drawing board and see what's going on yeah. with your product.
0: Hi, I'm Kamala Thompson, director of growth at Calibur Mind. A lot of times we talk to prospects and they're excited about modernizing their marketing analytics, but they're worried about the data underneath. And that's a valid concern. That's why we came up with our Back to Basics Bootcamp to help you address all of the issues that stand in the way of you and insights that actually make sense. We'll meet each month to review a best practice. In addition to that, you'll walk away with handouts that go through how to implement each piece and a Slack channel where you can ask experts on demand about your organization, your processes, your systems. I know it sounds too good to be true, but it's free and product agnostic. And we really suggest that you take us up on it. The program starts on February 8th, 2022 and space is limited. So register today at calibermind.com. Well, and sometimes it's it's a function of the words we're using aren't in alignment with how customers think of it. And I always think of marketing as this art and science and the art is figuring out the right descriptors, words, the the way like tapping into how the customer thinks about the product. And market research and user interviews, just totally invaluable for marketers. Marketers should definitely be involved in that, don't you think?
1: Yeah. And there are two tricks that I always um, use to describe products one is the rational and emotional reasons to Mm -hmm. connect Mm -hmm. so i always explain hey people don't buy
0: for rational reasons no they really don't they'll rationalize their emotional reasons (laughs) (laughs) so finding
1: those is really hard from a product perspective generally Mm -hmm. So I always tell the, you know, the teams, hey, I need to know where this came from. Mm -hmm. There's always some sort of emotional reason for which you developed it or that you, you know, and that you know that will resonate with your target market. Mm -hmm. And of course, always make the niche smaller. So for me is um, the other day somebody was asking me, okay, what do I do when I find that niche? And my answer is make it smaller. I truly believe with all of my, you know, that's my emotional uh, outreach. And, you know, that's what I keep telling everybody that will listen, you know, just find your niche and find the solution that they will react to. It's like, I always keep thinking back to Tom's. It's a very typical marketing example, but they were the ones that untapped that need from that new niche that was not being tapped for the first time. Now it's sort of overused, I feel. But back then, when they first started actually going out and saying, hey, we'll give a pair of shoes to kids in need whenever you buy a pair of shoes, mm-hmm. and tapped a need in a niche that was not being taken care of, that nobody was really connected emotionally with the people that really wanted to make an impact. But at at the same time, they were not hippies living in the mountains,
0: right? Yeah. That combination. Let's talk a little bit about, I see a lot of marketers, they either get into B2B or B2C and then they stay there. And I think that's unfortunate because I feel like B2C can really bring a lot of the emotional flavor that works so well with consumers to the B2B side. For those who have just kind of stayed in a particular lane, not that there's anything wrong with that, what are some of the key differentiators you see between those two sectors for marketing?
1: Well, in B2B, I truly believe in working a ton through the customer journey. Mm -hmm. Um, And I know it's an approach that has always been used in B2C. Yeah. Mostly. But in B2B... (laughs) Making the life easier of any organization is key. And actually, uh, I was just looking at, I'm a huge fan, of course. I'm the only fan of Simon Sinek, but (laughs) I was just looking at a post he just did that was that. It's just, it's not B2B. It's not B2C, it's people. It's always. Yes. Yes. So don't stay like B2B marketers generally, make that assumption that most um, decisions will be rational that you cannot reach them where they live that's not true anymore you cannot reach them where they have the the leisure uh, activities that's not true anymore you cannot mix work with pleasure not true anymore Mm -hmm. so that's for the b2b people to really challenge that. We used to be, if you're B2B, stay in LinkedIn and talk about work and that's it. I think that's, I completely agree what you were saying. There's a lot from B2C to learn there. Mm -hmm. And B2C actually goes back to my previous point is even much more important to look for smaller niches. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: And niches of people with an emotional connection too. So it's not only about, you know, the um, soccer moms in California that, you know, have kids and, you know, I don't know, go to these you know, to a club. There are subgroups within that and that will identify themselves differently too. Yep. You cannot compare a soccer mom that works with one that doesn't, one that is her first marriage with her second, mm-hmm. with, a, you know, there's a ton of other things that, Connect humans emotionally that are not just statistics on your social networks.
0: Yeah, yeah, and I see some B two B brands really figuring it out. I think of Dooley, Scratchpad, Drift, a few others that are starting to incorporate things like humor, and I think that's such a big deal. So I think I think it's slowly happening, but I feel like B two B is always at least five years behind on yeah, a lot of no. things.
1: Imagine <laughs> that plus do finance that I'm there. It's like feeling
0: you're back in the yeah, stone age. Oh my goodness, yeah. And all the graphics are just so <laughs> but if I see another person sitting in an office smiling at a computer, I am telling you.
1: <laughs> I know. And we're not there
0: anymore, too. So Right, right. Let's make things a little bit more relatable. Yeah. yeah. So, I think some of the differences too outside of the psychology that people are tapping into for better or worse, who owns the PL kind of changes between B2C and B2B, the org structure. I would like to see the graphics and messaging not quite so different between the two, uh, but do recognize that the sales cycles tend to be longer with more people involved in B2B because generally speaking, the sales ticket items are quite a bit bigger right
1: yeah but also you know there's still a person behind it and there's one person always pushing it through yep so you have to figure out that person what the drivers are for them and for the organization also one of the keys of the very important role that i see in marketing is trying to convert the message from product focused to result focused and solution focused Mm mm-hmm that's mm-hmm. something that happens a lot in startups happens much more, you know, some, some larger marketing departments always, you know, figure it out, but converting that message from this is what we sell mm-hmm. to this is what we solve for you, or this is the result you get. Mm-hmm. Um, is something that is a hard exercise for many organizations and that it's, you know, it for me is key too. It's, you know, yeah, the, the rational and emotional reasons to buy, but also what's in it for me? That's, and that's always yeah. a question to anybody. Okay. What's in need for the person that you target? What's in need for them?
0: Yeah. And it's surprising how hard it is to figure that out when you're really close to the product. I feel like we're just finally starting to get there, but aren't quite there yet. It's always, uh, it's a challenge unless you're sitting with users and talking to them all the time and getting their input. That's that's what really helped us.
1: Yeah, and it's but it's also like there is certain empathy that you need to have with the, mm-hmm. you know with the CEO or the product developer whoever it is behind the product. This is their baby. Oh and yeah, it's really hard to abstract yourself and say these are the results and you know, it, it's, it's really hard for them. So I think that the marketing role is, it's sort of trying to extract that from them too, uh, you mm-hmm. know, driving them through the conversation to see where you get. Yes, yeah,
0: that can be sticky. Yeah, it takes <laughs> talent to move through that.
1: <laughs> I know, when I always get with my clients about the, the golden circle and the why, i are like, really, what? No, but why, it's not about money. They're like, wait, you want me to tell you why? Like, I, sometimes I, I, I get a lot of assistance, it's mm-hmm. like, and especially among entrepreneurs.
0: Oh, yeah. No, I've, I've gone through those exercises before where I just keep getting features instead of oh. Oh, what are we solving? <laughs> why is that feature good? Why do we care? <laughs> I mean, it's great that it's fast but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's great that you have, you know, 10 different plugins and it works online. Good. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's yeah. Yeah, spot on. It, well, and it, it's funny because a lot of times the whole reason they develop the product in the first place is exactly what you're trying to get back to. So like, what is the problem you saw in the market that you're trying to solve?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: That can and help sometimes.
1: Sometimes they forget
0: i know yeah i mean it is hard building a product and there's so many rabbit holes you run down after that so i i get it it
1: it is a long it is a long path and also you start taking detours so that's why it's like oh yeah i started because of this but then i ended up with this other thing because somebody you know because of whatever the market is showing me so yeah it's hard
0: so for b to c marketers who want to try out b2b or the other way around what would you advise they start thinking about as as they're switching sides challenge yourself to think that it's
1: not that different
0: i love it yeah
1: as long as you have the capability to sit or be in the shoes of your target that's all you need like I always, in my mind, I always go back to this exercise back in college when they explained communication, right, between two people. And it's like you have one person, the other, and then little noise in the middle,
0: mm-hmm.
1: one going to the other, right? Mm-hmm. I always try to think, okay, I'm here, I'm telling you these, I'm telling these to the market, I'm, I'm sending this message, how is it being received? Yep, And if I were that person, what would I hear? Mm -hmm. What's my interest? Why would I listen, even listen to you? So for example, for Sculptor, lately we adapted a ton of our communications because we were seeing that, okay, I help you scale. We're like, okay, so what? You know, it wasn't enough. So, and and a ton of like naturally, organically, we had heard some companies saying, well, I need help entering a new market. So just when I said, Okay, I saw for you the entrance into a new market, because that's where we were doing it. We were just not saying it. It was that much more effective, right? So is listening and again about you know going from one lane to the other, I don't think there is that much difference. There is
0: humans on each on both lanes. Yeah. Um, yeah, no. I've had to coach quite a few people, and and the reservation is always, I I knew B two C. All the technology is different. I feel like I don't know what I'm doing. And my thought is like that's that's actually a good thing because you're not having to unlearn bad habits that you pick up along the way. So mm-hmm. you're coming in with this freshness and ability to communicate and empathize with people. Just go with it.
1: Yeah, and be prepared that the KPIs are going to be lower
0: and longer. Yes. That's yes. All. Oh, Andre Thank you so much for coming on the show. Where can people find you online to network?
1: Well, my name is pretty peculiar, so you can find me on LinkedIn, and then my 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 social um, handles are Alex Lata, A L E S L A T A. So you'll find me online. I look forward to staying in touch. Thank you so much for
0: Oh, thank you so much. I really enjoyed it. And for those of you listening who enjoy the podcast or the video blog, uh, go ahead and hit subscribe, tell a couple of friends. Every bit makes a difference. And if you're looking for more great content like this, check out Calvermind.com.